Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. There would be lots of women who identify, you know, with what would traditionally be more masculine characteristics. And then there are men who, like, and so it's sometimes just using those very opposite things isn't helpful. So it's actually really quite good to then land on the mother kind of mother heart of God and the father heart of God because I think those are a bit more accessible and less, um, maybe less polarising in language. And so let me ask you guys this. In the last, you know, 12 months of your life, what are, you know, two, two aspects of God in his mothering that have really impacted you? Like that you've just gone to God and in your relationship with God, you felt God mother you. Like, can you kind of just really briefly just say two things maybe that you felt? That's a, that's a bonus question. Yeah, they didn't prep this. Sorry. Um. I'll start with one. Um, yeah, so, so last year, like I have talked in church a little bit about this before, but I felt like I sort of, um, for, for one of the f- probably first significant times in my life, dived into a bit of, prolonged anxiety about different things um, and I think the space that I found really helpful in that was just to actually not to rush to try and get out of it but to actually experience and sit in that place and sit in it with God um, and so I guess I probably wasn't um, probably didn't actually f- like articulate this at the time but in thinking about just like I think about a child that sits in their in their mother's arms when they've you know fallen off their bike or whatever and that kind of just that care of the mother I think sometimes as a dad you can be pretty quick to to oh yeah right brush it off off you go or you know see you later but the that sort of prolonged care and sit in the in in the mother's arms is a beautiful thing so I feel like that's kind of a little bit what I have experienced in the last yeah six to twelve months in in some of that kind of more vulnerable place in my own life. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's almost, almost a bit over, a bit under twelve months. Um, I had an experience where I've really wanted to do some training in a particular area, um, and I had an opportunity to do a couple of weeks of that training, and I um, I was getting really excited about it. I'd kind of actually even paid for it, and uh, and then when I went to my boss at work, he just he kind of just said no, like he didn't really say no, but he sort of said. I'll approve it, but, and then he listed off all the things that I've sort of talked to him about over the last however many years that I'm involved in, including kids in Melbourne and, and all of that, and he and he just went, I reckon you're kind of taking on too much, and, and it really um, was quite kind of confronting for me, but I went away and I had a chat to Alir about it and kind of came to the conclusion that he was right, and I really felt... Um, I felt like God was really in that because over that next couple of weeks when that was meant to be on, a whole bunch of stuff happened, including um, my sister got really sick and, and we found out about a whole lot of other things. And so I just felt his hand in that. And, you know, it's, yeah, it was hard at the time, but I think he, it's, it's like he was kind of, he knew what was going to happen and was there kind of ready, sort of preparing the way, I think. Is that... Uh, for me, I guess it's um, pretty similar to Luke. Um, if you'd like, just 
my first real experience with depression that I'm going through and stuff. So, yeah, just feeling it um, in very different ways. The care that comes from people um, in my life, um, the care that I need to give myself, um, how I think about things in myself. Um, yeah, I won't say too much more about it, but that's, yeah, probably the most real. The real thing. And so how, like having, you know, listed those experiences, with your kind of, um, I guess previous, the way you've related to God previously or the messages about God that you've got previously, what, is, what has been different about perhaps what you would have been told to do with your anxiety or your depression or your decisions like 10 years ago or in a different kind of style of church? Like what, what would, what's, what's different about I guess, like, for me, you know, if ten, 10 years back it would be more, or even a bit further back, you know, more how do you, how do you overcome it and kind of get over it rather than walk with it and through it and let it do what it needs to do and transform you. It's like, um, yeah, that uh, almost like a control, like you kind of get over it <laughs> somehow. But, um, yeah. I think there's a very subtle, oh, no, not even just subtle, it's a very different way of walking through these uh, events in your life, whether it's depression or whatever it is, whatever suffering that you're facing. Yeah. Um, and I think that a certain, certain styles of church maybe, you know, have that expectation that, yeah, everything's victorious and overcoming and <laughs> you've got to, um, li- you know, live that and, but everything's a cycle that goes that you go through. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very similar. I think to what Joe just said. I think there's um, even just in the world in general, not even specifically in our church. I think there's a culture of, particularly for um, that I've experienced as a guy, is that you know, to fail is not okay. To not be okay is not okay. Um, and that's probably the way I probably would have dealt with things in the past is, well, okay, that sucked, but I'll, I'm going to get from down here to back up there as quickly as possible. But to actually, I feel like I've grown in my ability to relate to God um, as a God that really kind of our, probably our most profound encounters with God are in the, the depths and in the failure and in the brokenness. And I think that really is reflective of that, the mother sort of nature of God. Oh, I think you guys pretty, pretty much answered what I was going to say. But it, in those moments of pain and when, when we don't kind of have words even for it and all we want to do is just, I don't know, cry or curl up in a ball, I think that's, that is exactly where God kind of meets us with a, with a motherly embrace. Yeah. I like what you say about cycles, Joe, because there is that sense that, you know, we do, like, and it's just reflective, I guess, of the different things we sometimes need from God. Is there a place for overcoming in our Christian walk? Yes, there is. Like, sometimes there's a place to, like, overcome and to push through and to stand strong. And sometimes there's a place to, like, lay down and be in it and 
like we we move i think knowing having having the knowing both sides or knowing the fullness of god i suppose is the best place is knowing that god can meet us wherever we are and that he can lead us into exactly what we need at the time and i think that's that's really helpful yes linda hang on let me run to you for the sake of the just have this sense of um you know one of the biggest things we can learn about god the femininity of god is that he will hold you and i'm hearing you saying that you weren't in you know moving on that you held your anxiety and depression and pain and i think that's one of the beautiful beautiful feminine things of god and that's what mothers do you talked about being held by God in, in his arms. And I know as a mother that even though my, uh, my son suffered with um, chronic anxiety at times, that even though I haven't, he hasn't opened up to me at different times, I've held him in my heart. Mm. And, um, and that's what God does for us. He holds us in our heart. And, and that's what I see, a very feminine part of, of God. And it's great that you guys have experienced that. It's a blessing. And so I think, you know, if you, you know, wherever each one of us are, like right now, tonight, like whatever it is that you're going through, God's holding you. And there's a place in God where you can go to connect with that, to, to embrace the embrace, like to rest and to not feel like God's just there to fix you or to move you on or to give you the next thing to do, but he's actually just there like the, that wide embrace just to sit with you, knowing that sometimes that's kind of all we need like, and we actually can usually move ourselves on a bit. And uh, so, I, you know, I would encourage you, if you're feeling like you're in a place where you're like, wow, I'm facing some of this stuff myself, go home tonight and let God embrace you. As you lie down to sleep tonight, imagine that God is like a mother who crawls into bed next to you and wraps her arms around you and pulls you in to the bosom and just rests with you because that's what God would want for anything that you're going through. So that's beautiful. And just to add to that, I think what you said, Joe, too, I think is really good is just that you've related to God in those around you. Um, I really like that because I think that so often we can kind of narrow down the fields in which we experience God, but I think the actual embrace of our mothers or of those in our lives and the ways we relate to each other are ways that we actually tangibly experience the love of God and I think that's great particularly if you're in a place where maybe you know you might not even be able to go and just sit and pray to God but you can still you know relate and be held by someone and and I think that's that's the grace of God for us as well is in each of those relationships that we have. So, boys, um, how would you define patriarchy? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm like... <laughs> changing gears. Yeah, changing gears. I thought we weren't going here. <laughs> we'll go here. We'll go there. Yeah, yeah, we'll go here. Um, I spent a, a bit of time thinking about this. I don't think um, it's necessarily um, anything to do with gender even. Um, I think patriarchy at its core is separation control and domination 
and we can experience or participate in that implicitly or complicitly as male or female. And um, I kind of probably even trace that down to, you know, one way of looking at sin, our separation from that mother heart of God that, um, yeah, so it's that, those things <laughs> that are separate, that seek control and lord over others. Yeah, that's how I define it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't know if I can do any better than that. I think I think the only other thing, like the, the bit for me is it's it's always at the expense of someone else. Um, it the idea of separateness and that we're all part of a a race even. I, I, I've lately really been seeing the race, you know, like in, in every aspect of our culture, how we're all, is that there's this fight to kind of get, get more money, I don't know, get more status, get more likes, whatever it is. Um, it's all, it all is a real big race and, mm. and it's, it's like a zero-sum game in a lot of ways. Like, and, and it, yeah, just, it saddens me a lot. Um, yeah, that's it. I think the only other thing I'd add to that, and you sort of said this anyway, Joe, but the big thing for me with the idea of patriarchy is it's all about how we hold power or how power is held. Um, and, yeah, I think oh, historically it's it's been, you know, men that have held it and held it badly and controlled and oppressed. And, um, and I was actually listening to a podcast this week with a, um, a lady on it that was talking about a lot of her experiences with, and there was a lot of pretty heartbreaking things that had happened in that but she referred to patriarchy as like a principality um, and I was just in thinking about that I was like oh that's a really helpful way of thinking about it because it like you said Joe it just sort of doesn't necessarily mean it's just men that are oppressing just women but it's like a system that exists that um, that needs to kind of be fought against and um, that we need to sort of act in a counterway to that. Um, and so I looked, uh, it made me just think about that, for the verse in Ephesians, um, particularly in thinking about power and that principality. So I'll just read it out and just um, maybe just have a think about, um, yeah, the patriarchy and the idea of how we hold power when I read this out. So it's Ephesians 6 verse 10. And, um, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not men and women, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So I think that was, yeah, really helpful to kind of think about it as this yeah, system that can be overturned and that we have a God that his power is held very differently like this, it talks about power there, and you can th we can think about that sort of like the power of God, um, but we can think about it from a patriarchal mindset, which is not helpful. But that verse obviously is telling us that God's power is not patriarchal power; it's not this principality in power. It's it's held very differently, and I think that mother, the mother heart of God, is 
is kind of an insight into that. Can I just add a little bit? Um, one of the things that's happened to me over the last couple of years is I started looking into some matriarchal cultures. There's still a few around the world. There's only about three or four that are like really well in operation. But um, it kind of dawned on me that it's not, it hasn't actually always been like this. Um, it's kind of a, a um, product of empire and conquering of um, nation after nation. And I think we see it like in, the, in, in our own indigenous cultures, we see a lot more matriarchal kind of systems in place. Mm -hmm. Um, the care for earth and and the respect and um, you know given power over to the mother the mothers within the culture as well so uh, that's great Luke what you said like there, it, there, there are options it's not like that's how it has to be um, yeah I think um you know we we li we live in a world and and prob probably most of the history of the church and certainly the writing of the Bible, which um, comes kind of fairly obviously out of quite patriarchal um, mindsets. And I, I feel like it's been something that I've noticed a little bit more and more in recent times. And it's little things like this. Um, to, I'm going to ask you, what, what, the question I want to ask these guys is, what do you do, what, where do you see, you know, patriarchal stuff outplaying itself in the Bible or in the church? And then I want to ask you, what is one thing we can do about that? So that's what I want to ask you. But I'll, one of the things I've seen, I suppose, is in the Bible, is there's often a refrain in the Old Testament, which is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And I've been um, praying a little bit more liturgically at different times in my spiritual life. And a lot of the liturgy of the church, when you pray, is like, you know, um, you're praying to the, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and the God of Israel and the God and, uh, of Jesus Christ. It's like this. And, and, but what I've recognised is, you know, that's very patriarchal because God was also the God of Sarah and Hagar. And there was Leah and there was Rachel and then there was Bilhah and Zilpah who were the womb slaves of Jacob. There is no Israel without Sarah, Hagar, Bilhah, Zilpah, Leah and Rachel. But we don't mention them. It's not the God of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and Isaac and Rachel and then Jacob and Leah. You know, we, we don't, we, we don't, it's just the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So when I pray, I've started to pray to the God still of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but also the God of Sarah and the God of Hagar who got kicked out, the God of Rachel, but the God of Zilpah and Bilhah who we never even know about, but they birthed some of the tribes of Israel and there would be no Israel and there would be no Jesus without these wombs. So I've started to pray that he's their God too and he was always very much their God. And so I've started to... So that's one of the things I've done, just to acknowledge like... I want to remember these women, that these women are a part of the history, my faith history. They're a part of the history of Jesus, and Jesus would honour them. And I, and I don't just want to use the language of, like, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I don't want to, like, go, ah, he's not there. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not like, well, let's forget about them and let's just talk about the women. It's like, no, let's bring them together and acknowledge that God is the God of, of all of them. So that's, like, 
one of the things I've been doing. But I mean, I don't know if there's things that you guys see, feel, perceive, and then stuff that you, you do about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, all right, I'll, I'll try and... So I think firstly with the Bible, I think it's really hard um, because it, of that patriarchal landscape that it was written out of, it's very difficult to read. And some of the stories, in, particularly in the Old Testament, are just horrific in how they treat and um, even sometimes command women to be treated is that's really difficult and I, I identify myself that for a lot of my life I've kind of probably read my Bible largely blind to those things because that's also the culture that I've swum in so that you know the fish doesn't know it's wet and I've kind of read my Bible through that lens of of the world that I've lived in um, so I'm increasingly feeling uncomfortable with when I read some of these stories and going okay this is um, not the God that I see in Jesus, so how do I read it? So there's, I feel like I'm still wrestling with what that looks like, um, so I don't particularly have any answers in that. But I guess the main light for me, when, particularly in the Bible, is that when I look at the way that Jesus holds power and treats people, that he lives and acts so much out of that that mother heart of God that he holds power so gently and empties himself and of course the very act of of his life and death was that kenosis act of of self-giving love but I think the way he um, championed women and you know embraced the women in um, his his following was probably quite different to the culture around him so that's where I see some of what God's real heart for for us as his people is yeah I think certainly um, you wrestle for years with trying to kind of understand some of the scriptures especially Old Testament um, but when I was kind of looking at again this week if you kind of just go back to Genesis 1 it was good right <laughs> and we were created in his image, male and female. Um, and then kind of very quickly it, <laughs> it, it turns into uh, Eve getting the apple and then, you know, out of, you know, so I, I, I'm not, uh, I can't unpackage all of that really um, tonight, but certainly to say that it kind of um, just, yeah, the, the way, it, as you say, the way it was written um, from a more of a patriarchal mindset. But I think it's encouraging that at least from that starting point that, um, we somehow lost the good news of <laughs> and we kind of need to reclaim it as we're kind of talking about so I think in our um, you know if you, you Luke you mentioned kind of Jesus his life there and that motherhood you know I think just recognizing even that he was um, yes God Christ came in male form but was a very very feminine mother heart like a nurturer, a healer, um, in relationship, and this is very, very um, countercultural to a patriarchal Jewish society, and probably one of the things that got him nailed to the cross, right? Um, so, the way I see it nowadays, like in terms of um, church experience, or whether it's organisational, um, or whether it's your family, or what have you, is um, 
you just know when things are operating out of hierarchy versus relationship and I think that um, that is like I know, let me let me ask you guys a question if I say you know mention the Trinity like who grew up with the notion of the Trinity of God the Father Jesus and then the Holy Spirit did and it was anyone like me like <laughs> I was like that so it was like a pecking order right and it was only like probably you know six seven years ago that I understood it more as a circle and you know mutual self-giving and receiving love this is relationship where there's this equality there and so if there's anything to do about it would be maybe I'm not sure about making a project of it but if we meditated on the trinity and let it sink deep into our hearts and maybe that might make a difference (laughs) yeah I think when our when our origin story kind of puts women or depicts women as as like evil or something like that then if we start from that place then it's kind of it sort of filters through everything and i recently um came across a jewish rabbi who kind of taught the genesis story in a really different way and um kind of opened my eyes up to see that there's a few anomalies in the story you know like eve um eats the fruit and we kind of take that as the sin or the or um it's for us kind of we look at it she's almost in the same category as as the as the devil in this sort of story right but yet her name eve means life so there's something not quite right in the way we think about it right and on top of that when she ate it she looked at the fruit and she saw that it was good and then she decided to eat and i the way it was taught in this in this um sermon was that um she made a choice to come into consciousness to come out of oneness and unity with God and she made a choice in an essence she made a choice to die um, but she saw that that was good and so I think that kind of message and, and probably take a bit longer to explain all that wouldn't it that's probably not a good thing to drop <laughs> <laughs> um, but that really has changed my view of our whole origin story um, to see that it was the feminine heart and this is true, the feminine heart, I think, always is able to carry the pain and the suffering, can hold and embrace the pain and suffering. So um, if we look at Eve um, almost as, as a hero in that story, <laughs> as the one who stepped out and into consciousness, into life and death and, and the differentiation of all things, um, that's a different story. So, Anyway. Sorry, that's a way out there, man. The rabbis are known for their um, their out there. But Eve, life, thinking. You know, like Eve is life. It's it's yeah. That's good. Sorry, Sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I won't. Yeah, no, no. Um, Does anyone want to ask him a question? Go for it. Not well. We we, no, we won't go down the rabbit hole of um, Eve, but. 
Um, yeah, Beck, hang on, let me, I'll run over to you. It's always struck me as interesting that within this kind of patriarchy in the Bible and the, the patriarchal approach um, we've used to access the Bible, um, God talks about the church as the bride of Christ. Mm. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts about how you perhaps have resonated or not with that image of God as bridegroom and yourselves as bride. Mm. That was a good question. I felt almost like a Q&A style, like here's a question I prepared earlier. <laughs> I think it's not something I've always felt comfortable with, particularly when I was younger. I was like, mm, bride, that's weird. Like, um, it's, I think in my own life experience, though, one, interestingly, one of the things that's really that ha where I've had to grow in my um, own understanding of the feminine and of how much the, the patriarchy has been in me was through getting married and, you know, having joined with my own bride that I, like, uh, had to kind of die to a lot of things in myself um, and let go of a whole bunch of power that I wanted to hold on to. Um, yeah, so because I think there was a lot of roles that I was taught as... Um, by the world and by the church growing up that that said to me the way that men and women should relate and that the, the man should be the, the head of the house and certainly the head of the church and all these sorts of things. So it's been interesting in my journey, obviously, marrying Carolyn and then when, you know, we took on the church and that kind of wrestle with has meant that I, I've really had to um, grow and let go of a whole bunch of ego-related things and power-related things um, that would be sort of saying to me, oh, no, you need to be the man here. You need to wear the pants and you need to be, you know, or at least co-leading, you know, all, the, all these kind of things. It would just be sort of subconscious messages that I had grown up with. So um, I think in, in letting go of a whole bunch of those, those things, I can kind of now probably identify a bit more with the, with the bride nature of um of the church still not something that i completely understand i don't think but yeah <laughs> i i i prayed for someone the other day and uh and i for the, it was the first time i've ever done it but i i uh referred to god as a as a woman because this prayer was about this person's mother and um man that is that was challenging it really was and i it it wasn't until i was kind of two three minutes in that it actually like sort of did something within me just to break down the idea of of, of god as a man that does not answer your question at <laughs> all but i thought it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, really, really interesting question um there's almost like a sense of, um, uh, you know, maybe not so much nowadays, but, you know, certainly um, traditional a bride, you know, that sense of virginity, you know, that um, purity uh, maybe. and But it also says that, you know, God is preparing his bride and that kind of makes an assumption also that it's taking us from where we are now mm. and what we sit with. Um, which is kind of like a blemished bride. <laughs> it's not like the virgin bride, but kind of making us pure. 
uh, again, and I think that um, this may be just kind of uh, speaking out loud in response to your question there, it maybe is that sense of a restorative love, lover, like someone that's loving you into restoration, and that is, again, the mother heart of God, um, been a very intimate um, intimate way. Yeah. Mm. So what, I mean, you guys have obviously started on a journey of maybe recognising some of the power dynamics, both probably in the church and, and definitely in the world, that favour men. Um, what would you say to the other guys in the room about how, you know, they can move forward in recognising privilege and how they can, yeah, just what they can do to see the places. Like, you know, it's like being able to see that principality and power for what it is. Mm. Are there any tips you'd have for, for people? For us, for all of us. For all of us, yeah. It's, it's whatever you participate in and clo is closest to you is like hard, it's hardest to see, you know. It's, um, so um, the first thing I'd say to men especially, because it's, it's, it can be a very, um, I've experienced this myself, it can be quite a touchy subject when you kind of like, are you're, when you recognise that you're wielding power in some way or you're being told that you are or what have you, that that's very confrontational, is um, to probably, like especially if it's with the women in your life, um, is just to like listen and listen deeply. Um, and that's something I'm um, learning <laughs> slowly to do. <laughs> um, because we don't listen um, and it's not until we become aware that we can really um, feel um, just the gravity of the, and the importance of this. Um, not only for our own lives, but um, for our relationships, our families, what we model to our children um, and, you know, our broader kind of impact in, in society. And so I think for, for men, I think it's certainly to approach this um, with a, you know, a degree of humility, um, like trying to avoid the reactionary. It's very easy, I think, to fall into victim mode um, when things get sensitive, um, like especially, you know, when, you know, because some of this stuff can be so ingrained that you're not like, <laughs> like Luke was saying, you know, you're brought up in it. Uh, this is kind of, you're brought up in that way of, being and operating and when you kind of become aware of it or told you know it's a kind of a rude shock to your operating system and um, that can cause you know uh, a lot of sort of um, angst and so and, and I think that also that approaching it with a, a grace it's like men we get into fix it mode straight away it's like well what do I need to do to fix this <laughs> and that backfires <laughs> so you just got to <laughs> Like how can, and so that would probably be like, how do we just sit and listen and commune in relationship? Um, because that, you know, that's um, really probably the starting point for um, that pathway. And I think God will reveal to you the, the steps incrementally that need to be put in place <laughs> to change whatever it is in your situation or your community or church your organization or what have you um but don't be discouraged you know we're we are the, our wholeness in god is mother and father heart of god 
and there is a crisis in masculinity and I think that we, a lot of men feel it, I feel it, um, what does it mean to be a man nowadays and the, um, we need to encourage each other, come around um, each other as men and women and just um, rediscover healthy masculinity um, as well in that process, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so good. I think that listening, like you said, is I think that's really important. And I think, you know, how do we come against a principality or a power? And I think the way that we do that is by living counter in the in the spirit that is counter to that. And so I think if that if this is a system where the the, the voices and the worth of um, the females in our world has been underplayed, then we live counter by particularly listening to those voices um, and particularly in places, I guess, where they may not have had voices previously. So I think that's something that we can be intentional about is, yeah, making space to hear the voices of um, the females in our, in our world, whether we are female or male, um, to, yeah, create, yeah, this, the, the space and an openness to and put worth and value on that um, on those voices in our lives and in, and in probably all sorts of spheres of um, yeah, communities that we live in, I think is really important. Yeah, I think... Um, oh, what was I going to say? Check my notes because I wrote something. Yeah, I, they, they need, we need to surrender, I think. Um, it's, I don't know who said it, but I heard it somewhere that for masculine healing, it's almost like we have to kind of move towards the feminine and, and kind of go down that path of being able to hold our our pain and our hurts. And so I guess my encouragement to men is that there's, it's scary and it's difficult to open up and it's difficult to not hide. Um, but there's a lot of life on the other side of that. Um, I think listening to our sisters and our wives is probably a good idea. Um, there's <laughs> <laughs> wives, plural? What, what sort of system are you living in? No, our wives, <laughs> as in us. <laughs> Oh my gosh, more than one. <laughs> um, I think submitting to their, uh, there's a, like women, women's intuition, we talk about that, right? Submitting to women's intuition is, is a, like an interesting thing for me because it's, um, I think sometimes you, you women, you see things before they happen and uh, I think that sort of, um, that sort of path, looking at those things is, is quite helpful I think in life too. So I think some of the most um, healing voices in my life over the last couple of years have been through the women in this community um, and it's really brought me a long way as well. So, so I think, yeah, encouragement for guys, give it up, surrender, <laughs> surrender and, and listen. It's good. And I think in that too, um, that we need to 
not necessarily view feminine femininity and masculinity as as opposite poles or anything like that and particularly i think as as men to to move towards the what might we might class as feminine attributes or things is not to move away from our masculinity and the same for for women that to be to be caring and nurturing is not to be weak and to be strong is is not to be cold like they're not poles they're actually they're both positive directions you can move in both simultaneously and in fact you need to move in both to identify the true goodness of both of those things um, so I think that's the yeah, balance that's of those things is is necessary yeah that's good um just from what you know where as a church moving our way through the Sermon on the Mount and we're nearly through our you have heard it said but I say to you at the very end of that section Jesus finishes with this sentence be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, but actually that word is be whole as your heavenly Father is whole. And if we say that, you know, both men and women are made in the image of God, then maybe the path to healing and to fullness is the path in each of us to wholeness of embracing both the strength and the grit and the, you know, that sort of sense of, you know, the male uh, authority mixed in with the gentle, loving, nurturing, life-giving, mother-bear nature of God. Like maybe the path in each of us is not towards being like a better man or a better woman, but to be a whole reflection of God in wholeness in us. So I, I feel like that's great. Mm. Going to finish, um, and I want uh, Craig at the end. I want you to pray for us um, as a as a community. But before we do, I just want you, you know, I just I guess recognizing my own life, and for many of us women here, you know, we have to varying levels probably been affected, minorly or quite majorly hurt by men in our lives at different times. And I just wonder if there's what you would say to us as men who love God, what would you say to us women who might be feeling the underside of some of the patriarchy or the underside of power that has been used against us, either in physical or sexual or, or emotional ways? Yeah, I think... Um, I think one of the things that we have to acknowledge, like this, you know... We, as a community, have a really unique opportunity with so many strong females in leadership. And, and what I, when I look at a lot of the guys in the church here as well, um, there's a real receptivity to moving this kind of way. You know? And so I think um, for women who have experienced that system, and uh, and feel pain. There's a there's a kind of safe place here, I think, and we can't necessarily fix that stuff. But um, I think we definitely want to be a community that's um, ready to hold it and uh, and ready to maybe not repeat it. So I think that I think what I wanted to say to this was that for the guys in the church. 
oh, sorry, for the ladies, for the women in the church, there's, um, there's permission here to call us out when we're not behaving um, or when, we're, when we are behaving in that kind of system in that way, you know, controlling and stuff. Um, and I think that's, that's probably what we can offer in that space. I don't, I don't know. I think that's, yeah. Um, a couple of things I think like for like for um, every woman has been hurt <laughs> I don't think it's impossible to it's um, would be right to say that, um, that that's not the case so I think the first thing is um, we spend a lot of time in our churches talking about our own individual <laughs> um, sin but this is a collective sin so for that I'm sorry you know and I mean that like I hold that. There's a responsibility that goes with that. I am sorry. And it's a request for your love and your grace and compassion for us. But then also, if you don't feel like you have a voice, find that voice. Let it grow louder. And as you take leadership... It doesn't have to be a role, but all of you lead. Don't lead in the ways of patriarchy, because you can, women can also, but lead from that gentleness, that vulnerability, and that nurturing place, which is way more powerful. And I think, um, I just encourage you just to, um, yeah, keep going and just, but we can do this also as a, a community as well, like, um, of, of love. But, yeah, it's... Don't diminish the hurt either. Like, just call it for what it is. <laughs> don't say, oh, well, that's just the way it goes or the way it is. Just, yeah. Um, and and uh, God's mother heart will heal that as well. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really good. Um, I think just to add something little to that, I think that the our this system that we've been complicit in, particularly I guess as males and benefited from, has um, has persecuted, has um, yeah inflicted pain on, um, falsely accused and diminished women in in our communities and in our world and I, um, it's just I'm really thankful for Jesus because where we have diminished and pushed down and forced um, people into places and roles that they should never have have been in Jesus lifts them up and I was just reflecting on the very start of the Sermon on the Mount and I, I th- maybe I'll just read it out just and because where where we have squashed Jesus gives voice and blessing and so I'll just read this over, over out, and just I think of just of the women in our world as um, as I read this. The words of Jesus said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful." For they will be shown mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who, who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you, women, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so I just, I'm thankful for the women in our lives, for the mothers in our lives. And I just, I, I guess I just choose to stand with Jesus and, and um, trust that where we have inflicted and where this system that we live in has, has inflicted pain and suffering, that, that God can redeem those things uh, in us. So, yeah, thank you. Will you pray, Craig? Yeah. Oh, Father, we just thank you so much for the women in our church and in our community here. Uh, we lift them all up to you now and we ask that you really would um, put your heart and your spirit um, deeply within them, that they would feel a comfort, um, that they would feel a safety to be able to speak and lead in this community with integrity and not not holding back um, for fear or, or any of those things. But Father, we just ask that you would move your spirit now, in Jesus' name, through all of our all the women in this church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Luke, for bringing yourselves to this. And um, I just want to say to all of us, I um, I know that having conversations like this isn't always comfortable um, for for both men and for women. But I am so incredibly grateful and feel so blessed that in this community we're brave enough to have the conversations and I'm just trusting that we are having the conversations that will change the world for our children so that our children are not having these conversations in church in 20 years time but there's just a different fabric of community and relationship between men and women so thank you for letting us do this because it is a, a real honour to sit in these deeper places and have uncomfortable conversations. So thank you for being here tonight and letting us do it. It's good. Well, bless you. Have a fantastic week. We better go rescue the children. Actually, we better go rescue the kids' church leaders. Um, <laughs> women, enjoy the last six hours of Mother's Day. Um, and we'll see you again next week. Linda's Enneagram night on Tuesday if you want to catch her. It'd be great to have you there. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central. <laughs>